0: Hey there, and welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Emmy Kirshner. I'm a serial entrepreneur, investor, and business coach for ambitious women who are boldly taking their business to the next level. And I believe that building a successful business isn't about working 24 seven just to merely meet a revenue goal. What it does take is a unique blend of dedication to purpose, courageous action, and frequently sheer will to overcome the odds that lead to meaningful impact and experiencing a life well lived. In each episode, you'll get to know the women and men who are unafraid to put it all on the line as they share the stories of success and failure that have made them incredible leaders and the magic they gift the world with. As you're listening, and I hope finding value, don't forget to share the Tribe of Leaders podcast with all of your other entrepreneurial friends and to follow us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Hey, everybody. Guess what? It is time for another podcast takeover. And my dear friend and colleague has graciously agreed to spend time with me and take over the mic today. Tanya Spencierado is a former corporate leadership exec from The Real Real who has transitioned and has just published her fourth best-selling romance novel. And she's gonna, I have no idea what she's gonna ask, but she's gonna be taking over the interviewing and the storytelling and all of the questions right now. So, Tanya, welcome and share a little bit about the stories that you're writing, because I love them. They're just so, like, they're beautiful.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Well, first, thank you for having me. I am truly honored to be here, and I was very excited. You say graciously accepted, like you had to twist my arm or something. (laughs) (laughs) I, like, jumped out of my seat when we discussed it and was, like, hopping around the kitchen. So super excited to be here. I have about 15 plus years of retail and sales experience. But in 2019, I started writing romance stories. I'm a huge reader. And that's usually what I read. And It's not just because I love love and I'm a hopeless romantic, not just for that, but at the end of a long corporate day, I just wanted to lose myself in a story and, you know, happily ever afters and love, you know, winning all basically. And I believe that the love makes the world go round. You, I think you know that about me, Yeah. but the stories, it started off with breathe, which is like Started off a little young adult, but then the continuation of Breathe is not truly young adult, even though they're in high school. And then the other stories take place when they're a little bit older, but I've written Best Friends to Lovers. Love at First Sight is my most recent. And one of my books was translated in Italian and published in Italy, picked up by a publisher in Italy. So very, very excited about that. So I just love love. And so I write about it.
0: Which I think is Like, so beautiful because you're following your passion, you're creating amazing stories, and love does make the world go round. We focus more on that, then, like, things would be very different.
1: Indeed. So, I'm going to start. I know that many of your listeners know about you, but maybe you'll have some new listeners who know me that do not know about you. So why don't you briefly tell
0: us a little bit about yourself and then I will take it from there. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my goodness. Where to start? I'm going to say former single mom because my kids are grownups and like out of the house now, which is an interesting transition period have not lived in any one place for very long. And I've lived up and down the East Coast. I've had the most non-linear career. And I think that's one of the great assets of me being able to help the women that I work with in moving from six to seven figures is that I've worked in all different industries in all different capacities. There are excellent business lessons in all of them. And it's part of what makes me different. And I really appreciate and enjoy what each woman is bringing to her business and being able to, you know, have that, how do I balance and really find flow with raising kids, taking care of aging parents, being, you know, on the board of charities or being involved with charities or whatever the other 42 things are that women are doing in addition to starting and growing phenomenal businesses. It's what makes you an empress. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I got that, that nickname, not because anybody was loving on me at the moment. (laughs) My kids and the guy that I was dating at the time were like, you're so bossy and you're always telling us what to do. And somehow the guy that I was dating was like, you know, you're, you're the Empress. So they made up the song to the Mickey Mouse. Yeah. (laughs) And they all three of them. And, and you know, imagine like them being in their boyish kind of charming obnoxiousness, <laughs> right? And they're all cackling and singing the Empress Emmy song. So.
1: Well, in Italian, there's a saying that says, "In every joke, there's some truth." Right? So, yeah, they were teasing you, but here they are on their own path, and they probably look back and be like, "You know, we were joking, but my mom is kind of an Empress here." So,
0: yeah. Yeah. And I, whether I want to or not, and every situation that I've been in, I end up taking on a leadership role. (laughs) if I'm like, fine, I'll do it. (laughs) It flows
1: naturally to you. There we go. Yeah. So I guess my first question is, you've talked about not having a linear path right? So what word or phrase, because I think finding just one word is maybe difficult, would you use to describe your evolution?
0: Ooh, that is a really good question. I might be stumped for the first time ever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say really the one word is recreating. Love it. One of the things... And I encourage everybody to go find Dan McPherson's podcast and it's dreams are real. And he interviewed me a couple of years ago and I didn't realize it at the time, but he's like, my God, he's like, every time you recreate stuff, because I moved around a lot, I've had different jobs, I've done whatever. And I just, whenever things aren't working for me in a way that I know doesn't serve or suit me, I recreate myself or I change the situation to serve me better, essentially. Better fit your needs. Yeah. And I'm not afraid of creating solutions that are out of the box. Love that. Yeah. So I would definitely say that's the kind of constant theme is, oh, this doesn't work for me. So I'm not going to do that. And I'm not going to play along with what 90% of everybody else is doing. And hold on one second, just in case I
1: love that. I think I was at a conference the other day and one of the speakers, it was, a, it was a conference for women. And one of the speakers asked the group, who loves change? And only one person raised their hand. And I think while change is scary, when I think about every time I've either changed my job or changed my directory or started writing books, that was a change, right? Right. It's exciting. And it's by changing is how you you're able to find your purpose Mm -hmm. and really truly find the path that you're supposed to be on. If you always are stuck in that, you know, in place, you're never going to find your true path, I think.
0: Absolutely. And I think one of the benefits of me moving around so much when I was little was I was forced into change and I was forced into new situations that were very uncomfortable. And mm. I can't say that I handled it well or didn't handle it well. It just, cause I was very shy as a elementary and middle school kid and seeming. Something evil. else we have. <laughs>
1: <I'm coming then>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but. It also gave me a place where like change is really cool because I get to experience different things and we're recording this right before I move, but it'll be, we'll be live right after I move. I'm about to just move from Philly to Charlotte and I don't know anybody. And I'm like, I'm choosing this and I'm going to miss aspects of Philly and obviously my Philly friends. And I'm still looking forward to the new adventure and I don't feel like, I'm excited, but I don't feel any angst about it. And I'm sure there will be some challenges or difficulties or Oops. whatever else along the path. One of which my older guy joyously brought up. He's like, what are you going to do for a social life? Because you're used to having all your friends to hang out with and you're not going to know anybody. And you're going to have- make new friends. <laughs> yeah. he's like, You're going to have to get used to initially like being alone a lot more than what you're used to. And I'm like, I'll manage. And I'm like, and luckily they put the holidays in the middle of my transition. <laughs> so I'll be seeing somebody.
1: Yeah. And you can always, I mean, we have to give credit to, unfortunately, the quarantine. We've learned to do things virtually and we FaceTime more and we Zoom more if yeah. you ever feel lonely. But I think, you know, learning to be with yourself is a fabulous opportunity to yeah. really get to know yourself. I love the, my time. Of the creativity that comes out from that period.
0: Yeah. I love my alone time. Like I love the quietness. I love not having to do anything. I love the chaos that's in my head that slowly kind of comes into a really quiet flow. So it'll be cool to see and experience that in a bigger chunks of time. And for me too, one of the things I think is that you're not fully centered in who you are until you can really appreciate being alone with yourself for long periods of time.
1: I love that. I love that. I agree. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to switch it up now a little bit. What would you say is your biggest, I don't want to call it regret because that's. I feel like that's a heavy word, but I think all of us have that thing where you accepted a mistake or something that you did, but knowing now you probably would have done a little bit differently, right? <laughs> so, what do you think is your, you know, biggest? Let's call it regret since starting, you know, your own business, starting Tribal Leaders, starting Empress Enterprises, the podcast, whatever. What do you think is your biggest? if you could look back now, if there's something that you would change.
0: Oh yeah. That's easy. It's being consistent left to my own devices. And I know people are going to, who know me are going to be like, no way, but left to my own devices. I am on Emmy time and things just escape my general existence. <laughs> and I could be very like, Oh, I don't feel like doing that right now. Yeah. Well,
1: that makes you relatable to your clients because I'm, I'm going to guess that some of their areas of opportunity sometimes is the lack of consistency. So that's probably why you're a stickler for it sometimes with them, because you you've been there, you've done that, and you're like, I'm not letting you fall down the same rabbit hole.
0: Oh yeah. And I use the example of like learning how to plan my day and my calendar. Mm-hmm. Which is ironic now that I've, you know, created a quarterly plan or two. But <laughs> I was horrified at my first business coach saying, like, oh, you should schedule everything in. I'm like, no way. Like, I am so not doing that. Like, and going to the other side where people are like, oh my God, you're so system oriented and you have a process for everything. And I'm like, well, just how my brain works at this point.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: and I have to thank my kids for that too, because they were both very different. And had very different needs, but both of them had a very short window of doing errands or anything like that before they were, and particularly Brian, but like would have complete meltdown. So, like, my entire existence, if I had to take them with me for anything, was how do I get in and out of all of these places as fast as possible mm-hmm. and still get what we needed to done? Yeah. yeah
1: prioritizing too, right? What you could do first, what you needed to do first. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like before I walked out the door, I had my list. I knew which store I was going to, which one came first down the street, which one, like it was. (laughs) And that it's just easier for me. I have experienced a lot more freedom when I have those things in place because I'm not guessing. It's like looking for your keys if you don't put them in the same place all the time.
1: Yeah. So You brought up your planner, which I am one of the lucky ones to get a paper copy, your beta. So uh, as I was looking at it, I think one of the questions I have for you, I'm like, I wonder what habits Emmy tracks. What are the three habits you track? Because you do have that on your planner every day.
0: Yeah. So they change. Quarter to quarter, month to month, week to week. So right now, it's working out writing in in the planner, and again, it's the consistency piece too. So the workout because I want to get back on track with that, I kind of got off a little bit and expand time. So I'm not doing just like a 20 minute thing. I'm really focused on like an hour of intense. I'm going to say physical exercise because I do weights, I do yoga, mm-hmm. I do Peloton occasionally and we go for walks yeah so all of those things are different but it's you know how can I keep my body in motion reading I'm moving out of my very bad habit of Netflix and Amazon Prime binge watching I think I've watched everything that I can of value (laughs) at the moment but I want to kind of expand my reading time, my books that I've purchased to read that pile has grown beyond what it should. And I, I want to read them too. So making that again, more of a habit. So it's expanding the time and watching less, less TV, although delightful. And Mm -hmm. then yeah, doing the planner because the weekends are where I tend to fall down. And for me, the weekend, like my outcome of what i'm looking to track on the weekends isn't the same as during the week where it's like what am i really focused on I'm with the three momentum movers which are the three things that are going to move your business forward or your life forward every day but it's still taking time to just reflect on the day and what do you feel good about what did you learn how did it go i have random thoughts that pop into my head so i use that as a place to kind of jot them down and then the weekly reflection and weekly like planning your week I go back every day and then kind of capture some of that during the week and then organize different ideas or content into spreadsheet or Monday or whatever the appropriate thing is. That is actually,
1: I think a great, that's probably one of the habits I should make as my next one is that quite often I get ideas, right. And I've been talking to a few entrepreneurs or leaders and they're like voice recording or writing it down. And I'm always like, oh, I have to remember that. Do I remember it?
0: No. <laughs> oh, God. I've had brilliant ideas in the car that I have not done a voice recording for that have like mm-hmm. five minutes later are gone and like gone completely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I agree with you. But Going back and looking at what you've written, I think is a, also like, that's the extension of the habit. It's not just writing it down, but making sure you go back and review it. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, and the reason why I made this planner too is that I've purchased over the years dozens of different planners. And the challenge I've had in using them is the planning part that they do in the beginning with like what your quarter goals are and taking that and then putting it into something that's useful for daily use. And that actually helps me achieve my goals for the month and the quarter. There's been Mm -hmm. a gap. And, you know, with this kind of beta test right now with the few people that do have the printed version, it's really about what I think is going to be able to close that gap so that you can take, because there are planning pages on the front of it, you can take your three focus areas, the three things you want to work on in life or business, and then transition them into the weekly and daily stuff so that you're on track. And there's a lot of repetition in the writing and I designed ah. that purpose so that you remember. And I heard from one of my clients, she's like, that's so awesome. She's like, I didn't think I was going to like it at first. But she's like, I don't even remember what my weekly goals are sometimes, right? It's and, so true. Because there's so much going on, right? And you have good intentions. But now that she's writing it every day, she's like, we're hitting, she was hitting her targets before, but now they're starting to exceed them. So now she can hit, she can set bigger targets. mhm
1: No, I find the repetition helps a lot and reviewing, right? Reviewing. I'm already a reviewer. Like I go into what I set my goals on January 1st or actually start setting them a little bit before and always go back and review every so often. So having the planner and I'm like, what did I set as my goal last week? What, What? And I have to go back and I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I'm gonna keep that and I'm gonna add this, or well, I obviously didn't do that. Let me. <laughs> that. So, yeah, love it. Okay. So, you've obviously worked with a lot of female entrepreneurs and male as well. Mm-hmm. But my question to you is non famous, right? So, taking out the Oprahs and the Sarah Blakelys, who do you think is a dynamic female entrepreneur? That maybe isn't as well known as she should be, but you think is is brilliant.
0: Allie Brown is my like favorite entrepreneur right now. And partly because her messaging resonates with me. She's a, I don't know if she refers to herself as a business coach or business strategist, but she's built and is, I think, expanding this network called Join the Trust that's for women who have businesses that are over seven figures in revenue. But her messaging. Is exactly what I'm feeling in that women do things differently. We build things differently. And it's time for us to step into that power and to stop trying to live our lives through a male dominated society. She says it a little more eloquently than, <laughs> than I do, but really, and it's inspiring to hear her because she's got twins and she's raising them and growing her business and being successful and living on her terms. And she's authentic. You know, I follow, I'm, I'm on her, not her social, but I also am on her email list and I've been following her for a couple of years. And for me, I think the more we step into our leadership as women, that we're really powerful and can create change. Because let's face it, ladies, like when something really needs to get done, we're the ones in the background making it happen. Mm-hmm. And now it's just time to step into the forefront. And to really just anything that doesn't work for you. And I think this is part of my recreating aspect that people can implement into their own lives where like, if it doesn't work for you and you know that something else will do the something else, you may piss some people off, but oh, well, like you've got to really be in your truth and be grounded in who you are to be able to create change.
1: Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I and I don't that.
0: remember who it was that told me, and I've heard it in other places too, but you're not connecting with enough people until you start pissing people off. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cause it's about disrupting thought.
1: Yeah. i love that. Yeah. And I'll be sure to check Allie Brown out. Yeah. Okay. So I guess, is there a company, you know, you're taking, you're talking about Allie Brown, but is there a company today? That you feel is either beginning or has always honored women in the sense of, I guess, in all aspects, right? I think there's a lot of talk about it right now and mm-hmm. companies showing how they're supporting women. But if you had to pick a company that is the example of who to follow, of who to embody, yeah. small or big, Do is there anyone that comes to mind for you?
0: There's a couple of women that I've interviewed on the podcast mm-hmm. who are starting tech companies and really exploring, so how do I be a female founder? How do I get funding and raise you know, small children? And even though they have great partners a lot of things still fall to them but they're very women centric as well and not in that they their companies are necessarily all women but they're really striking out and moving out of the i've got to sacrifice everything to build something amazing and i'm going to say even moving past the place of Cheryl Sandberg where she was saying you know lean in but she also was making a lot of money and could have all of these supports that Mm -hmm. most women can't afford to have. So from a theoretical, fundamental standpoint, I'm like, yeah, let's lean in because that's how we create change. And like, I couldn't afford to have a nanny or an au pair as a single mom and starting out. And my parents were around a little bit, but it wasn't there. And I wasn't as good maybe as I would have been now at creating or asking for those supports. But business isn't designed for women to have families and be able to play in a space of fluidity there. It's put your kid in daycare or, you know, make sure they're not with you.
1: I also think it's hard for us women to ask for help,
0: Mm -hmm. right? Yeah.
1: Whether it's, you know, with our kids or with our family, right? Let's say you can't, I can't afford, for example, right now, a cleaning lady like I would or, but I think, you know, asking for the carpool or in business asking to be mentored Mm -hmm. or asking I think sometimes we're afraid to ask number one because it shows we can't do it all and look at that mom she's doing it all and I can't get it together like I can't show that I'm weak number two we're afraid to ask for help in the workplace in certain instances because a man rarely asks for help right In the sense, he'll ask for help, like, can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? But not help like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing here. Or I'm undecided, really, truly undecided in this aspect. I don't know how to make this happen, right? It's it's rare. And we women want to be seen as, you know, how many times have we heard the quote that we have to do double the work Mm -hmm. to be seen?
0: Yeah, right. we do because, and partly because and I think it's changing now, but the guys didn't want us sitting at the table Yeah, and we also weren't raising our hands enough. Exactly. Like exactly. the thing I see consistently with women is they don't believe that they're leaders and they don't believe that they're CEOs and having that mind shift is huge, right? Like they're just doing their thing. And it's easy for them. So there's not enough value, right? So there's not the leadership. They don't understand and own their value. They don't ask for help. And they don't own that they can be amazing with money. Yeah, yeah. And I see that at all levels. Like it may not be as prevalent. One of those things may not be as prevalent for you who is listening, but there's some place that's showing up still. I and, agree. And I think it's good to reexamine that and look at those areas. Like, how can I step into my leadership even more? Right? How can I disrupt thought patterns? How can I inspire somebody? How can I mentor somebody? Who do I identify as a leader? How can I ask for help more? Mm-hmm. Being in inquiry of those questions is going to bring you completely different answers than life is hard.
1: Yeah, agreed and i think that in for example in my case i love being helpful to other people especially wherever i work i love mentoring people without telling them that i'm mentoring like there's no greater satisfaction for me than seeing your people succeed or be promoted or grow within the company and the fact that some of them still reach out to me today when they need a second opinion it like it makes my day yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I think that sometimes in my case, like, and I think you may have noticed it too, like, I feel bad asking someone, Can you tell me what you think? Like, I'm sorry to bother you. Like, but as women, I think we actually like helping, especially, mm-hmm. women, right? We yeah. like helping each other and sharing, you know, and giving out because it'll always come back. And like, sometimes we're afraid to be like, what do you think? Should I do this or should I do that? Like, I don't know. I find that. I'm not sure if other people resonate with me in that, but I think there is a lot of women in that position. Oh, well.
0: yeah. And the ironic thing is that we're natural collaborators, right? Yes. Yeah, it comes
1: naturally. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. But we're so afraid of asking, like, what are they going to think of me? What if I'm wrong? What if? <laughs> what, what they if think it's a terrible idea? Yeah. <laughs> and you just gave a great example. And then you apologize for it always. right? And, <laughs> That's and, me. Like stop fucking apologizing, everybody. Like yep. don't apologize for asking a question or asking for help or for being in somebody's way at the grocery store or anything else. Mm-hmm. Like, it show up boldly because y- that is who you are, even when you don't have the answer. And even when you're wrong.
1: Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I always say, I'm sorry when I'm in somebody's way instead of saying, Oh, excuse me. But like, I'm always like, Oh my God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> right. Cause it's still, and again, I think it's shifting. Like I, I don't see younger women doing those types of things as much. And the women that I've had the pleasure of working with that are in their twenties and thirties in general, at least the ones I'm attracting seem to be more clear about who they are and what they want. And there's still a multi-generational, I'm going to say millennia, of women not being treated as and honored as the people that they are. And we've had to play small in order to survive. And we don't have to do that anymore. So it's really letting go of all of these thought processes, belief systems, and getting everybody else to play along with us so that we can all grow. This is a deep conversation today. (laughs) I know we're
1: not so much talking about business and sense of strategies today. We're, we're, you know, I always have these type of conversations, though, often. So, yeah, surprising.
0: And I mean, how you believe and how you're showing up in one area is how you're showing up in another area. So I see it all the time. You know, my client who is afraid to ask for the sale is also afraid to ask for help from her husband.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um,
0: So there's a great place to resolve both of those in one conversation.
1: I've always noticed with my employees that when they were having problems or issues or whatever in their work life, it was Mm -hmm. somehow always connected to something in their personal life, not just in terms of performance, but like, chances are if they're shy asking for the sale, they're shy in some aspect of their personal life. Or Mm -hmm. if they're bold in their sale, chances are they have no problem asking, you know, for what they want in some aspect, right? So I totally agree with that. What, What is your favorite quote and why? Like, what is that quote that you go to back to often when you're, whether you're having a bad day or you need to be reminded of your mission, of your purpose, or just to remind mm-hmm.
0: you It's so simple. The point of life is happiness as from the Dalai Lama.
1: Love that. Okay.
0: Yeah. I really believe we're here to have great experiences, like not all of the time, but most of the time. And even mm-hmm. in the most tragic, hurtful, stressful, chaotic moments, there's something amazing to come out of it. Agreed. And, Agreed. and I've had my share for those of you who are like, no, I don't like that. Like she must not have, I have, like, I have experienced all sorts of trauma and chaos and whatever else you want to throw in there as a describer word. And it makes you stronger. Definitely makes you stronger. Builds but your, builds your resilience. What's that? It builds your resilience, right? Yeah. And there's something that I feel so grateful about, like the pain and the experience and the learning. Agreed. So. Yeah, it's, and then I'm like, wahoo, let's not do that again. And now I have this thing to make life even better. But I really feel like that there's a great space for us to have enjoyment and love and gratitude and fun. Yeah.
1: And I think sometimes we forget as humans, right? We've all had traumas or bad experiences right. or sad days, right? Right. And we all have our little bit of crazy. Somebody told me the other day, and I agree. And you know, not to quote Elton John song, but I'm still standing. So if you can overcome this, you can definitely overcome something in business or something in your professional life or accomplish a goal because you did this. And that oh, is not. Yeah. To this. yeah. So we tend to forget that.
0: Yeah, one of the businesses that I almost opened and did not was a farm to table restaurant back in 2009. And I don't know why I thought it was a great idea to try to start a business right after the financial crisis. (laughs) And I don't, for me to like, oh, this isn't the best time to do that. Not only did it not occur to me, but I'm like, well, I don't care what the obstacles are. I'll just figure it out. His catering had taught me that it doesn't matter. There's always an answer, there's always a solution right? Like mm-hmm. plan A, B, and C may not work out, but you know, you'll find, so chairs, <laughs> yeah, you'll find the chairs somewhere for everybody to sit when the rental truck doesn't show up. So I went through this whole process and I had no idea about networking. I had no idea about writing a business plan. I had no idea about investors. I had no idea about anything. And I spent a year and a half to finally choose to walk away from the project, but I wrote, I don't know, a 40 or 50 page, business plan with five-year projections of financials. And one of the big hurdles, I had found a location that I loved that would have been so perfect, but I didn't have the capital to invest on my own. And I didn't, the bank wanted to use my house as collateral and I just, I couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. So essentially it was like, and like, I couldn't even pay for a loan. Like I couldn't buy a lot, like there was no way to get a loan and then that, And that's kind no. of, I pitched something like seven or eight banks uh, and the SBA and all this other, all these other like places. And like we love your business plan. You've got, I've been catering for years. Like you've got enough experience. Like you've done all the work. Like we would love to give you money, but we're not going to. So <laughs> thanks.
1: Well, you pivoted.
0: So, well, I remember my kids were small and they were playing baseball at that point. And I had gone to the game and I was just so annoyed and frustrated. And there was a track. So I ran on the track for, I don't know if it was 20 minutes, half an hour or whatever, before the kids' baseball game ended. And I remember just running and being like, I'm going to freaking figure this out. Like, there is no way you are stopping me. Like, and my dad came to me a week later and was like, I would like to be an investor. I was like, what? <laughs> and the funny thing is that he had prior to my first like bank pitching, he had ripped apart my business plan. Like he had no wow. faith. He was like, you're crazy, blah, blah, blah. And part of it was really great from an educational standpoint, because there were some gaps that I then fixed. But it was also hurtful, like, why don't you believe in me? This is my dream. But to have him come back and be like, I believe in you, like you're doing all this work and this is amazing. And then I had two other investors come to the table after that. And I really believe that had I not been annoyed and gone for that run and been just like yelling at the universe, like, you're not going to make me go away. The financial situation, that hurdle wouldn't have resolved.
1: Yeah. I agree that sometimes we just need to ask and you'd be surprised. There's this, I listened to this story one day of this woman who she went through a lot of hardships and then got in an accident and she couldn't walk after that accident. But while she was in her coma, she said that an angel came to her. And she said, why didn't you help me in this dream? And the angel said to her, do you know how many times I've tried and you never listened until now? And she gave her the examples, remember when this happened, this came, but you ignored it and you said, no, no, I'm not gonna do that. And then this, and sometimes we don't, we're not paying attention. We're not paying attention to the signs or to to the answer, or we don't like the answer, Mm -hmm. right? But also something else, on another hand, talking about your experience is that sometimes it's okay to
0: decide
1: not to do something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that was the really interesting kind of circle of completeness with that particular project was that I got the financing all straightened out and I was in negotiation for the lease. And we had spent months going back and forth and there were just things. And I finally was like, you know what? This is not one of those things I push through. Like, if it was going to work, it would have worked by now mm-hmm. from a lease perspective, not the other things. Yeah. And I think some of that finding that balance, right? Like, when do you push hard to get something that you want? And when is it that things aren't working and they're not supposed to be working? Yeah, so that's a, always an interesting place too. And at the time that I decided to walk away from that deal, I looked at a couple of other locations and, like, this isn't the right thing. And then a week later, I, I enrolled because of a friend of mine into in the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and started becoming a health coach, getting my certification for that, which is essentially what led me here. And the path is crooked and non-linear, but without that restaurant experience, I wouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and I I always,
1: you can work in the restaurant business, in the hospitality industry, you can do, you can work in any industry. I love it. Mm -hmm. Like
0: I, if I had to do life over again, I would definitely choose because I thought about becoming a, a chef. So I definitely would have gone to cooking school and I love the chaos and the crazy and, weird people and making things. Yeah. But I have a couple of ideas of what I want my projects to be over the next five to 10 years. So food may come back into that. All
1: right. I can't wait to see. I have one last question for you. Is there a question that you'd like to be asked or wish somebody would ask you or something you'd like us to know about you that we don't? God, you've
0: asked me the hardest questions out of everybody that's interviewed me. Wow. (laughs) I Listened to a few of your podcast takeovers and I'm like, I
1: can't ask these same
0: questions. (laughs) I don't have an answer for that. Okay. Yeah, I really don't have an answer for that. Things, I feel like I'm pretty open and more from a like, go ahead and ask me anything as opposed to me just volunteering it, which is part of my human design, apparently. I'm circling through in my head, like, what's my favorite color? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't have anything right now. Okay. That's okay. Yeah. I'm good. I love it. I've been stumped. (laughs) There's always a first. (laughs) It'll come to me at some point at three o'clock in the morning.
1: Yes. That's I usually wake up between two 30 and three 30 and need to come up with a need to start voice recording my ideas that I come up with, (laughs) right? Are brilliant and, or the answers, right? So, well, it was a pleasure,
0: Emmy. Oh, thank you. I'm really like, I'm so excited that you stumped me. (laughs) (laughs) And I do want to circle back really quick to, with a couple of things, one for people who are interested in checking out your books, we're going to have the link to Amazon so that everybody can get all your books. And I am offering the amazing year planner in PDF version with like a little tutorial on how to use it and how to do time management. So that link, if you want to check out the planner and really take control of not just business, but life too, like really be able to track that and in a creative way, because there's a lot of different spaces for writing, go to the show notes and check that out as well. So love it. So thank you. Thank you. This was fun. It was. Thank you so much for being a listener of the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I am so grateful for each and every episode that you tune in and listen to. And I hope that you get a ton of value that you can implement starting today. I do have just a quick favor. If you wouldn't mind hopping on to wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating and review, it would help us tremendously so that the Tribe of Leaders podcast can be found more easily and help inspire other entrepreneurial leaders.